Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fence side. Welcome to another edition of On the Fin Side. Here, looking at the Miami Dolphins-Cleveland Browns matchup. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, and subscribe to us on iTunes as well. We have a special guest joining us here tonight from Draft Breakdown. Pete is joining us to talk about the Cleveland Browns matchup. Pete, thanks for joining us tonight looking at the Cleveland Browns quarterback situation obviously RG3 was down for the year and Josh McCown got hurt last week Cody Kessler is going to take over as your starting quarterback here the third round rookie uh, what do you expect out of Cody Kessler here over the next couple of weeks based on where he's projected from coming out of USC and in, in, in the preseason I wouldn't expect very much what he does well is, is when he can get the ball out of his hands quickly he can be efficient he's accurate doesn't have a huge arm but the longer he holds onto the ball, the worse things get. He takes bad sacks. Uh, in one of the preseason games, he took two safeties, including a Mike McMahon-esque running back out of the back of the end zone. So, I mean, there's there's not been much to show from him thus far that would make anyone feel terribly confident. But if he can, the big focus just has to be to get, get the ball out of his hands uh, so he can let playmakers do it for him. Right. So, and looking at your offensive line too, Pete, and we have Pete Smith joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore Pete Smith underscore. He also works for NFL Spin Zone and NFL Draft and uh, excuse me Draft Breakdown as well. So, Pete, looking at the Browns' offensive line, obviously Joe Thomas, Joe Batonio, studs on the left side at left tackle and left guard. Cameron Irving's going to be, I believe, missing this game. Uh, how would you describe your the rest of your offensive line from center to, to right tackle? So, Cameron Irving's going to be out with a bruised lung. He suffered last game, had to go to the hospital as a precautionary measure. As a result, uh, John Greco, normally the starting right guard, will slide inside the center. Alvin Bailey will uh, hop in at right guard, and then uh, they'll have Austin Pastor play right tackle. Greco is an okay player. I mean, he's fundamentally sound. He's an assignment guy, but he's not overly athletic, so he's not going to give you a whole lot, uh, which is what uh, they like about Cam Irving, even though he's wildly inconsistent and really doesn't know what he's doing yet. Uh, Alvin Bailey's a pretty good athlete, but, I mean, he wasn't. Uh, he was a, he's a backup to, to Greco, who is okay at right guard, so that's going to be interesting. But right tackle... Pastor is is better suited to play guard than he is tackle. Uh, he's a good run blocker. He's good on the pole, but he struggles when it comes to pass protection. He's more suited to playing a phone booth. He has, he has trouble uh, playing in space, uh, which he's gotten victimized at times this year. The Browns overall are better as a running team, uh, a, a run blocking unit than they are a pass blocking unit, which is why they're on their third quarterback. Right, and taking a look at that running back unit here, Pete Isaiah. Isaiah Crow, obviously, a big performance last week against the Ravens. 134 yards, highlighted with an 85-yard run. Is it safe to say that Crow is pulling away from Duke Johnson Jr., the former Miami Hurricanes product, in that running back race? I think that's more of a, a an indication of how they are concerned about Duke Johnson being able to carry the load than it is in the, an endorsement of Crowell. I think they like Crowell and the fact that he's not afraid to uh, run between the tackles and, and 
take on hits and, and keep going. But I mean, if you're talking about how actually productive Crowell is, that 85 yard run is a, is a fantastic looking play, but it's really set up by the offensive line. In fact, I don't think Crowell was actually touched on that play. And the rest of the time, there's some some good looking plays, but overall his production isn't great. So it's not not as if Crowell's a revelation or anything. I think the blocking scheme agrees with him this year more than it did last year, but. Uh, it's it's still a wait and see approach with just how good they can be. Yeah, and going along and, and also looking at the rest of your skill positions, wide receiver, unfortunate break with Corey Coleman, and you know just just the Browns' luck on that. You know, similar to the Dolphins' luck in a lot of these cases. Yeah, it has a big game, traded down from the number two spot to get Corey Coleman. Fast guy breaks his hand. Josh Gordon will also be suspended for this week as well as the next two games. Uh, Terrell Pryor is going to be your number one receiver, and I believe it'll be Andrew Hawkins as the number two guy, correct? Yes, Andrew Hawkins steps in sort of the, the savvy vet that knows everything and, and Jackson trusts out of that group. But obviously the big focus is going to be on Pryor and and sort of watching him develop and, and just see how far he can go. Um, unquestionably, he's had some nice some nice looking plays, but it's all about consistency and being able to, to, to get the ball to him more than anything. And it's not really Pryor's issue at this point. It's more of getting him good opportunities. When he's gotten the ball his way, uh, he's made some nice plays. Obviously, last week ended in sort of a controversial deal uh, with that, uh, that that taunting call, but I mean, he made a nice play to get there. So there's a lot to sort of wait and see on it. And, uh, you know, from a, you know, a defensive approach, it's going to be interesting to see how the Dolphins and basically any other team try to match him up. Pete Smith joining us here from NFL Spin Zone and Draft Breakdown kind enough to share his insight with the Cleveland Browns looking at this matchup with the Miami Dolphins. Looking at the defensive side of the ball, Pete, you know, obviously there have been a lot of moving parts. Uh, one guy that's going to be a familiar name for Miami Dolphins fans is cornerback Jamar Taylor. The, my understanding is he's won that number two cornerback job. How would you assess his play so far in preseason and, and during the first two games? I certainly would, certainly would not say he won the second cornerback job, nor would I say the Dolphins miss him based on how he's looked for us. Uh, for the Browns, he's been a disaster. I think this was more of an indication of the Browns uh, getting rid of guys they don't feel are their guys, this regime's group, whether it was Justin Gilbert, who's been a disaster. Pierre Desir looked like he had a shot to be something. And they basically brought in Jamar Taylor for a uh, you know a bag of balls and and gave him the job and and he's done nothing to sort of look good. He's, he's his technique is is really bad. He's given up a lot of plays underneath because they're afraid to get beat and uh, flips his hits too early. So uh, you know if, if if I'm if I'm the Dolphins or anyone else, I'm I'm looking for and attacking him as often as possible. Well, I tell you what, that's actually a relief on on our end because we thought that Jamar Taylor maybe would have been one of the best cornerbacks on this roster, which which speaks to our cornerback situation opposite Byron Maxwell. Uh, obviously, you have Joe Hayden at the other cornerback spot. Looking at your safety position, uh, Jordan Poyer and Abraham Campbell, I believe, but I think Campbell may have an injury. How's it going there with your safety situation? Who do you expect to line up, and how do you expect them to do? Well, Ibrahim Campbell sort of the, even though he's in his second year, he's sort of the, the, the steadying force in that backfield. So if he ends up being, you know, hurt or whatever, that would be a, that'd be a, a problem. Uh, Jordan Poyer is more suited to be a, a role player than he is a starting free safety. And the guy you'll see, you'll see a lot of in, in different packages will be Derek Kindred, the, the Browns rookie fourth rounder, who's more suited to be a strong safety, but they keep playing around with him because he's, uh, he's good going forward uh, and, and has some man coverage skills. So if it's Campbell healthy, then then Kindred will be in there at times for, for Poyer and might be in there 
as an extra safety in general. And if Campbell's down, it'll be a kindred show. But it, you won't. You shouldn't be surprised if you see situations where it's it's Campbell and Kindred and one or both of them is blitzing in some form or in man coverage. Well noted. Pete Smith joining us here on the fin side. Looking at your, your front seven, I mean, it's a completely different unit other than Danny Shelton and Christian Kirksey from last year. You know, you've got the, the rookies and Emmanuel Agba and Joe Schobert. Also, Carl Nassib, who I understand may be playing with a cast in this game if he plays. How would you sum up that front seven? Where are the strengths? Where are the weaknesses? Well, I mean, first and foremost, they're young and stupid, uh, but they <laughs> play with a ton of energy. They bring a lot of motor, and, and surprisingly, through the first couple games, they've actually been pretty pretty good as a run unit. Now, that's, you know, I, I it's hard to say. The Ravens were pretty uh, pretty stubborn about running the ball, but it, they just don't have anybody that's really going to scare you as a running back uh, threat at this point. So it's, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, coming up in the, in the, in the uh, next several weeks if, if they find, face a real good running threat and how they do against them. But against a team like the Dolphins, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they are at least in the right positions and, and playing with a lot of energy. Danny Shelton's been somewhat of a revelation. Now, last year he struggled. He should have been better. Uh, but this year he's uh, in part with his coaching staff and moving him around a little bit. He's, he's been better as a nose, but the thing that's been sort of standing out about him is his ability to sort of be a threat as a pass rusher. He's actually gotten a couple pressures on guys and, and opened things up for teammates and the guy who's benefited the most and sort of been the most reliable guy, which says a lot about where the Browns are, is Carl Nassib, uh, who's a third-round rookie. And when that's your most reliable player uh, up front, you know where you're going. So if he's if they club him up and he plays, that would be interesting to see how that would work. I tend to doubt he will. Schobert's undersized, but can do some stuff. Ogba is a freaky athlete with size, strength, and everything else, but he, he's got to sort of figure out what he's doing. I think Kirksey's played a lot better this year. I think this defensive scheme agrees with him. Demario Davis has been all right. Uh, the big problem this group has, and, and they're going to see a familiar face in Jordan Cameron, who hadn't lit the world on fire, but if there's a week to do it, uh, it would be this week because they've struggled really badly in containing tight ends, and every week uh, the opponent have been able to, to, to find ways to exploit that. So it uh, should not be remotely surprising if, if the Dolphins try to target him early on and see if they can't catch something and get that going. Absolutely. So looking at, if I can go back to the offensive side of the ball for a minute, Gary Barnage, you know, I drafted the guy in fantasy football, you know, late in, in the draft because he had a thousand yards last year and, you know, n not much of a factor in the, these, these first couple of games. Um, do you expect that to pick up this week with Corey Coleman absent? Yes. I, I think, I think the Browns overall inconsistency on offense hurt him. I think Josh McCown uh, was a little bit better for him, but because just the sheer amount of things they have to do on offense, I think he probably gets lost in the shuffle a little bit and having to go back to a guy like Hawkins as, as one of your starting receivers, I think Gary Barnold would get more featured. Now, obviously that, that paid dividends last week as Corey Coleman had the two touchdowns and a hundred yards. So uh, you can't blame him, but uh, I, I do think this week uh, against Miami, they, they should go back to feeding Barnage. So, Pete, this is Paul. Just real quick, I, I saw something in the news about Josh Gordon. I know he's not going to be back for this game, but I, I know you, you pay pretty close attention to the Browns, uh, obviously. I saw that he had another warrant issued for him. What, what's going on with this guy? So the the situation is he got uh, issued a, a bench warrant to get a paternity test for 
some baby a woman alleges he had. Uh, his, his lawyers claim that he didn't get any of the notices uh, that, that he was due to do that, take this attorney test. So I guess that is sorted out. He, re- he showed up, he took the test, so it, it avoids getting an arrest. But it's another situation where, you know, Josh Gordon's name is in the headlines for the wrong reasons. So that obviously, you know, brings that concern back up. But uh, but uh, from the Brown standpoint, they are basically uh, rallying behind him. And Hugh Jackson yesterday said is that he's been, you know, great in the building and they're not going to let this sort of uh, get in the way. Pete, uh, Paul and I are going to talk about uh, at another time what the Dolphins need to do to win. From your vantage point, what do the Cleveland Browns need to do to beat the Dolphins on Sunday? Uh, biggest thing they have to do is is run the ball and stay with it. Last week, uh, they felt, I felt like they gave up on it despite getting the uh, 145 yards total. 105 of that came in the first quarter, and they, they only ran the ball nine times in the second half despite having a lead almost the entire game. If they can run the ball and be consistent, that's going to be key, especially if you've got a rookie third-rounder in Cody Kessler who, you know, is going to be on the road in a big you know, big spot trying to, you know, uh, not, not lose it. So I think that's going to be big. And then and then obviously getting the ball out of his hands from the defensive side of the ball, they've got to stop the run and they've got to be able to make Ryan Tannehill nervous. If if they let him get comfortable and he starts hitting guys like Devontae Parker, Jordan Cameron and those, they're going to be in trouble because they don't have the secondary to stop really anybody. As soon as you get away from Hayden, and even Hayden is inconsistent, it's a free-for-all behind them. So they've got to be able to – Stay out of situations where they're in second and you know second and five and, and those type of deals where suddenly Adam Gase can dictate what he wants to do on offense. They've got to be able to really put them in predictable situations. So what is taking a look at this? What is your uh, what is your prediction for this weekend uh, with the Browns versus Dolphins? I, I would be stunned if the Browns won this week, and frankly, if the Dolphins managed to lose lose this game, I'd be a very concerned about Adam Gase and b very concerned about Ryan Tannehill. They, they, they couldn't ask for an easier situation for them. And it's, you know, the Browns are in a situation where they are, without saying they're tanking, they've done everything to tank this season. And they're making it, you know, all about the youth, all about development, which is fine. But then you have that, and now you're losing guys like Corey Coleman. You're losing guys like Carl Nassib. Coleman's probably going to be out for at least a month. Nassib, you know, who knows? He had, he had surgery on his hand. It's unclear what, what the situation there is, but they just don't have the guys to sort of stay with this. And, and you know, the Dolphins have talent, uh, maybe not enough of it, but more than enough for a team like Cleveland. Yeah, so what questions may you have for us heading into this matchup? about the Dolphins? I guess the only thing I'd be curious about would be expectations and sort of if such and such doesn't happen, then then where where do you sort of look to blame or concern or question? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it on the head right there where if if the Dolphins do lose this game in Miami, 10-point favorites against a third-string quarterback, you're missing Josh Gordon, you're missing Corey Coleman, then man, oh man, we're in a, we're in a lot of trouble. Uh, I think that that's Cleveland's best shot to win the game is try to keep it into a 16 to 13 game. But uh, we place blame in a lot of spots. I mean, because with the Browns, the Browns have a pretty clear idea that they're planning for the future. They're they're you know they drafted 14 players, 13 of them made the team. You're seeing what sticks this year. The Dolphins spent eight million on Cameron Wake. They spent eight million on Mario Williams. They've got all the money tied up in Indomitian Sue. Eight million to Jordan Cameron. So there are veterans on this team who need to produce now. And 
if they don't produce now in this game and at least get to one and two, give the Dolphins a fighting chance in Adam, Adam Gase's first year, then man, oh man, it's going to be a train wreck and we may be pulling the plug here at the end of the year. I'll throw in on that as well. One of the biggest concerns I have with this week would really be last week, and I know they were up against Bill Belichick, where a lot of first-time head coaches and defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators really tend to outcoach themselves and see ghosts. And Miami got away from what should have been their bread and butter in the first half with the no-huddle offense. Vance Joseph got terrified of their diminutive, slow receivers and had his, had his defensive backs 10, 15 yards sometimes off, off the, the receivers um, and really didn't put the player in position to succeed. They had odd rotations on the defensive line where you see guys like Cam Wake get 16 snaps in the game. You see Chris Jones on the field and Terrence Finney with no Indomitian Sue, no Mario Williams. And granted, they're trying to keep guys fresh, but this was even in critical situations like the final drive of the game for the Patriots where those guys were barely on the field. So it's definitely a situation where we need to see Gase and Vance Joseph put on their big boy pants in a hurry and, and really not see ghosts and just go out and, coach football the way they need to. Pete Smith joining us from NFL Spin Zone and Draft Breakdown. Kind enough to share his insight on the Cleveland Browns with us. You can follow him at underscore Pete Smith underscore on Twitter for additional Browns insight. Pete, thanks for joining us here today. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Anytime. All right. And as Brian Miller used to say, if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the thin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. We rep our team, you can't change, stop or ruin it. All we need is to figure what to do to win. Fins radio, live and direct. Win or lose, we're showing up for every contest. No puppet talk, it's all raw and unfiltered. Voice of the fans when the season looks peculiar. Rockin' Apple Orange over here, and you familiar. Every week they coming through our speakers to fulfill the crepe we have to hear about our team and all the latest news. Vets, the rookies trying to make the team paying dues. Current players and alumni interviews. City to city, state to state, follow the moves. Dolphins talk set to go Best sports team and show all across the globe It ain't the left side or the right side And it must be the fence side It ain't the left side or the right side And it must be the fence side It ain't the left side or the right side And it must be the fence side It ain't the left side or the right side And it must be the fence side so low deep, so low, so low, so low deep. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen. On sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save 